I like that God directs my writing. Since I've committed to a blog a week, I pay closer attention to what's going on around me, how it affects the people around me and what he's doing every day, and then I write. God touches whomever he sees fit, even if it is only me. Sometimes an idea like this one sits on my notepad, marinating there, waiting for God to say, it's time now. He talks to me in the situations going on in my life and how they touch my heart. I believe society has robbed men of the dignity and importance of tears, crying, weeping, even sobbing. Somehow we accept that to be a man we had to be thick and tough. Men don't cry, we were told. We bought into the lie that a real man, to be a real man, we have to be strong. Read that as emotionless and tough and even sometimes crass. We have to fix things, both physical and emotional. Tears are not part of the equation. When I first thought of this post, I intended to throw tears out as sort of a litmus test, but it was a bit harsh. I believe believe God kept this blog on the notepad to give me time to soften the tone. Tears are not a litmus test of our grief, nor a litmus test of our brokenness over our sin. They're more like a barometer. A litmus test, at least for this example, is hard, cold, and absolute. A single indicator of what is at that moment. A barometer, however, is more of an indicator of change. A willingness, if you will, to change. Often I've heard it said that people grieve in their own ways and must be allowed to grieve in whatever manner they deem fit. And I agree. Mostly. Grief is a personal journey and is expressed in many ways. Tears are one way. We lost a beloved granddaughter this past week. Coraline Freya is now in the arms of Jesus. Our daughter is, of course, grief-stricken, as is our entire family. The tears roll, the sobs boil over, the heart breaks. Our grief demonstrated in tears. Sorrow brings tears, and so it should. Tears are healing, cleansing, and freeing. Tears are also demonstrative. The expression of true godlike emotion. In his life and ministry, Jesus cried several times that were recorded. He cried for his friends at the death of Lazarus his empathy with their sadness, but also his anger at the sorrow death brings. John 11.33, Amplified Version. He cried for Jerusalem at his triumphal entry because of what Jerusalem had become spiritually. Luke 19.41, Amplified Version. God cried. God on earth was moved to tears. The Son of God, God himself, cried. I think the same is true of brokenness. When we truly begin to realize the depth of the anguish our betrayal has caused our wife, should we not be broken? Should the grief of that understanding not break us to the point of sobs? 
For me, it is usually in prayer. When this reminder of the anguish, pain, and shattered heart I've inflicted on Lynn rolls over me. It is a regular reminder I will never go there again. Do I stay there in that shame and guilt of my history? No, absolutely not. That's not the point at all. It is here that the grief commingles with the grace, the pure, perfect grace of God the Father and Jesus' salvation on the cross for me. This commingling of grief and joy wash over me with the power of a huge ocean wave. The tears flow, often to the point of sobs, and it is cleansing. Tears are healing and cleansing and freeing, but they are also demonstrative. They demonstrate a depth of empathy and understanding. Words are limited. Tears are heart language. Are tears a litmus test to show our depth of grief? I no longer think so. I believe they are a barometer. I believe this with all my heart. With brokenness, you can achieve freedom. Without brokenness, you will have no freedom. Without tears, your brokenness has no voice. You were created to be free, and freedom comes after brokenness.